Peace and light. This is Todd Day, first black male yoga teacher from North New Jersey, meditation, hit training, and just all around black king. You are now listening to the Unconventional Christian Podcast. Namaste. Yes, yes, y'all. You are here on the Unconventional Christian Podcast show. My name is Ladoon Thompson, and here today we have a good brother, Tyrone Day. Peace, peace, peace. And um, I think we have some amazing conversation for you today, talking about a lot of things. But before we jump in, of course, I want to jump in with a prayer. If you can, wherever you are, uh, bow your heads with us. Father God, thank you for allowing us to come here today. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your peace. We express gratitude for every single thing and allowing us to come here today to commune, to converse, to build. Father God, let this conversation be all kingdom work. Let us all be able to heal and move forward today, Father God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God is good, bro. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for just being present today, thankful for waking up to see the sunrise and well, I'm just honored to be a part of this journey with you, man. How's your health? How's your spirits? Man, I'm good, man. I can't complain at all, man. I think, um, like, even this morning, just being in this space and being able to uh, just have this conversation, to be on this podcast and be able to talk. Because me and you, we've I've known you for over, I'd say at least over two years. Yeah. Like, but... The real building in um, relationship has only like began like in this uh, latter part of the fourth quarter of 2020. Um, but now to be able to be in this space and to be able to have this conversation, I'm I'm excited, man. Um, really, um, you know what? I- I'd like to give you an opportunity to tell us about who Tyrone is, who Tyrone Day is. It's crazy. Um so it's this organization that I joined uh, back in, I think, in 2019 or 2020. No, 2019. It's called Mastermind Connect in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And um, part of the application, it was something that said, who are you? And, you know, I was putting all these accolades on there, like everything that I've done. I got a phone call back that was like, yeah, we wanted you to say that. We would have, like, asked you that. But who are you? So until you let us know who you are, this application will be declined. I'm like, right. Wow. Like that was kind of deep. So I was like, who am I? Like I really had, it took me like about four hours to, to write something down. But then it came to the point I was like, I'm a man that's finally understanding his traumas and his triggers. Mm -hmm. I am a man that, really know what healing is about now. I am a man that has been through the dark by himself uh, and really figure out how to get to the light. By getting to the light, I found my lightness in the dark. A lot of people say, okay, well, we finally see him now and things of this nature. But the thing about it is you weren't privy to my light yet. Right. And that came with a lot of pain, a lot of frustration, a lot of tears, a lot of mistakes, uh, just a unknown knowledge that I didn't have before because I was just blinded by being so empathetic, so like always supporting others and not knowing how to pour back into my own cup. Mm. 
I'm a man that's learning to redefine black masculinity every day. I am a man that just constantly continues to grow and evolve by just being a student forever. So Ty is just, just redefining himself every day, man. I think every day I wake up, I always try to be a better me. Well, not even try, I, I'm, I'm always being a better me. You know, it's mm-hmm. all about changing the narrative. And, you know, it's, it's just a beautiful, it's, it's been a beautiful journey. I mean, beautiful consists of a lot of different energies, a lot of different frequencies and vibrations. And, but, you know, joy always came in the morning for me. And I thank God, because it was sometimes that um, I lost faith in him, but he never lost faith in me. And it's always, <laughs> he always finds ways to bring me back. Right. And so that's pretty much who Ty is. Ty is a person that came from trauma and is telling his testimony today. Mm. I mean, me knowing you, I I know that like I've seen you in action, and personally, when I look at you and I think of who you are, I see a healer. You know what I mean? Um, now I think that when I think of what you do, like a lot of people don't, you know, and people are being privy to who you are now because in the next couple years. I think I see so much more, so much more for you. You know what I mean? And being a yogi, as some people would call it, tell us, tell us as a as a as a black man, how did you get into yoga? Oh man, so that's a story. So 2010, uh, the former mayor uh, Cory Booker, he had uh, something that was called the Biggest Loser Challenge mm-hmm. uh, for city employees. And, you know, it was pretty much whatever your like your goals were, your nutrition goals, mm-hmm. like your weight loss and everything like that. So he had an array of extracurricular activities that the Newark employees can um, apply for. So one of them was yoga, but I wasn't taking that. Like I used to just walk past it because it was just all women in there. Mm-hmm. So I used to just go to the gym or just work on changing like my nutrition habits and stuff like that. Right. But then it was one time... <laughs> The yoga, uh, the yoga instructor caught me like passing through the door and she's like, hey, like you're always passing. Why you don't come in? Because, uh, you know, there's all women in here and I'm not trying to be a whole creep. You feel me? Like right. that's a black man doing yoga and stuff like that. So she made <laughs> she made an example out of me to bring me in class, put a yoga mat right in front of class and was like, no, you're going to do yoga today. I'm like, I, I don't think this lady knows who I am, <laughs> but um it was a six month. It was a six month period of time, and it was over. I was using it more for like flexibility because I played basketball and other things and stuff of that nature. Okay. And um, so she's like, "Yo, you're pretty good. Like, you should really think about doing yoga a little bit more." I'm like, "Nah, lady. I don't know anybody in Newark that's black, that's black, and that's a man that's doing yoga." And she was right. just like, "All right, well, watch this practice find you again, mind you. This is like ten years ago, right?" So. In 2018, I went through a series of trials and tribulations. You know, I'm not going to get in debt, but it, it was pretty much like family stuff, on uh, healthy relationships, um, job-related things, you know, to the point I didn't even know who I was anymore. Right. It was, uh, I was lost. Uh, a lot of people left me in my darkest hour. Hmm. Um, people I used to get a shirt off my back to, money to, support. But it... it, it I think it was much needed. The real one stayed. One of my boys, he was just like, yo, Ty, you might need to go get some therapy. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I was not not with it. You know, I don't like talking to third parties. I'm a private person. But it's like, you know, I didn't want to always go to my friends and my family because I felt like it will always be one-sided. So I went to therapy and, you know, I didn't realize how much layers of trauma and stuff that I had, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to really, like, go in solitude and, like, really work on self. So in tw- 2019 came, uh, January 2019, uh, a fellow yogi of mine said that, yo, you should try to do some yoga. I see you doing kickboxing. I see you always in the gym. You need some type of balance. So I went to my first yoga class back in 2019. After Since 2010, it was a hot yoga class. So I'll tell anybody, do not let your first class be a hot yoga class. <laughs> like I felt like I sweated out like a whole person. I didn't even know what was going on. Like I was drenched. Like I was just ready to get out of there, right? But it was in that moment when I was in Savasana, which is, uh, like our meditation pieces, our cor- corpse pose. Right. And I really knew what being present meant, like mm. being in the here and now. Right. And so I was like, wow, I need to start adding this more into my practice. A couple other things happened during my journey while I was starting doing yoga back in 2019. A lot of past things came back, almost right. put me back into a dark time. Mm. You know, I'm vulnerable now. I'm more open right, 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 for information right. to receive and give. Right. And, you know, I, I didn't know how to take those things. And I'm like, oh, man, what am I about to do? But yoga probably kind of was like that focal point, right? That right. platform. So I say around fall, uh, fall 2019, I started going to Powerflow. Okay. And on um, Bloomfield, actually, in Bloomfield, be- right. before I was going to Powerflow in um, Hoboken. And then uh, my teacher was saying, uh yeah man you 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 catch on very quickly. Have you ever thought about doing like the YTT training and things like that? I was like one I didn't know what the hell she was talking about. <laughs> like what are you talking about? It's like no nah, the yoga teacher training and you know this I think this mind you this is a white lady right like she's yeah. like yeah this would, I think you you'll be a great uh great experience like for the community and stuff like that. I'm like yo black men don't do yoga like we this is like something private right right and but I think that was the I think that was the problem, that there was nobody in the city, no black men in my city doing yoga. Mm -hmm. And maybe that was the solution I can bring back to my city. So 2020 came, I started my intensive program um, in April, and now I became the first black male yoga teacher in the city of Newark, man. I'm Mm -hmm. I'm honored, I'm thankful for that. Uh, So many doors opened up for me after that. you know, I, I think powerful. I think honors yoga. I think all my mentors that that that, that guided me into this uh, space. But the thing about it is, is the only the beginning. Like people have been thinking I've been practicing for years because of who I am and everything. I'm like, right. nah, bro, my 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 work and my my practice is just different because I got to go hard, not just for me. It's going hard for my city. Right. You know, yoga is bigger than me. Like I got to bring this to these young black boys and young black girls because it's not just about movement with the body is movement with the mind it's movement with the spirit right and that's why like i i open up these spaces for black men to come in to be vulnerable to show we're creating safe spaces for men just to just be them Mm. you know i mean we ain't gotta wear no mask we ain't gotta act like we tough we gotta come work tough we gotta wear our book bag tough we gotta brush our teeth tough like no man we could just be bro like just just be it's nothing wrong with you expressing emotion so yeah man my yoga journey's still going i got some big announcements that's about to come up um, later next month. You can drop him here if you want to. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> something something global is about to drop. Um, something that uh, came with the pin in the pad that's about to drop. Some okay. page, some Fire. page turners. Um, and um, maybe maybe some some camera shots, man. Like I'm 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 just you know what I'm just trusting God, man. He finally found me a lane, and I'm staying in it. Fire. That's and, that, and that's fun, important, man, because that's what that's what life is about. You know what I mean? It gets to a place where you have to be able to um, kind of like let go. You know what I mean? And let and let God lead because um, a lot of times we put so much emphasis in trying to do what we want to do and what our spirit tells us to do instead of sometimes releasing and letting God lead us in the journey. You know what I mean? I, I, and I, I like to double back on a few things you touched on because you did drop like a million bars like in that last run um you talked about traumas from your past like um would you like to elaborate on like the traumas like because i think one of the biggest things that's occurred in our communities is that we're unable to deal with a lot of the childhood traumas that we deal with or we internalize for so long because you know, we we're, we're we're coming up as a community. We don't have the luxury that other races may have when it comes to dealing with trauma. And even more, we are as a group, as a people, um, we have not to say that we have way more trauma to deal with, but we have way more trauma to deal with based on this country based on um, how we grew up, you know what I mean? We started off in a place of lack. And that's, a, you know, for, um, I think, for people like us who, who, grew up in, who grew up in Newark, who grew up in a hood, you know what I mean? It's just, you know, we grew up and we started with a bit of a setback, and mm. those setbacks came with a lot of traumas. Yeah. Now, for you, um, I'm not sure if that's something you want to talk about, but, like, what type of traumas... Like, do you, uh, you know, that do you um, feel like kind of held you back or, you know, what built you up to be who you are today? Um, so so I also do poetry. Right. It, it was a poem that I talked about uh, just like mental health and like the, the causations with what's happening within my city. Like back in the 90s in North, you know, that was kind of like some rough times. Right. Right. So. There was uh, a part in one of my poems that how I see more caution tape than ribbon cuttings, how I see more funerals than weddings. Mm. And, you know, coming off the 31, coming back home, like living in the West War, like I'm from the number street. So if people are familiar with the number streets, like you just know the the narrative and, and the code over right, there. Right, right, so right. You know, back then it was like. You met a girl or something, and you're like, where you from? She said, I'm from 17th Street. All right, cool. Yeah, you stay I'm, over there. <laughs> yeah, you good. It's, it's, yeah, you good. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not going over there. Um, it's just crazy, like, sometimes how, you know, you, you come off the bus and you see in memorials, like, you're not seeing, like, people just laughing, you know, yeah. you're seeing these... These these health stores and stuff like that. Nah, man, you know we we, yeah, we see seventeen chicken shacks. Yeah, seventeen chicken shacks, liquor stores, Chinese spots, hair salons, barber shops, all the bodegas in the world. But it, it but the thing about it is that's that's all I knew, right? Like right. that's it wasn't nobody wasn't knocking on my door like, hey, you wanna 
want to go do some meditation? Like, hey, you want right. to do some yoga? Hey, you want to do this? No, nah, I mean, I was around a gang-affiliated piece around that time. But lucky I had a village. Like, I grew up with a village that uh, tried to keep us away from those things, right? right? But, you know, we still have to come back home and still see those things with our own eyes. Right. Like, when we see, like, somebody passing or somebody getting shot or getting jumped and stuff like that. Like we're numb to that, right? It's like, oh, I mean, it's the neighborhood. It is what it is. Right. But, you know, a lot a lot of things happened to me back when I was younger. Like I said, I, I thank my dad and I thank my mom um, for making sure they was always trying to protect me back then, making sure I stay away from the gangs, make sure I stay away, even though it was bound for me to be there, especially when I was becoming a teenage. Yeah, you're going to experience it regardless. Right. I was a I mean? rebel, it so it was just going to happen regardless. Yeah. So but, you grew up with both your parents? Um, no, nah, they separated when I was like like eight. But they were both in your life? They were both were in my life. Super important part of why you are who you are today. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I, I always tell, I always say like how my father's side is like that spiritual, like going to church, you know, the grind. Um, like you always got to have a job, take care of your responsibilities and everything like that. Like my mother's side is like like the projects. Like my mother grew up in the projects. Which projects? Grafton Avenue. Oh, fire. Yeah, so she, uh, like my whole side of my family kind of grew up in that. But the thing about it is they also were grinders, but their hustle was just a little bit different. So I, right. I always lived by the whole book smart, street smart narrative because right. I learned in two different ways. But one thing I would say about my moms and my dad, they was like, yo, you're going to get an education. Like, you're not going to be like these knuckleheads that's on the block and stuff right. like that. So, I mean, just fast forward uh, to, like, those things that happened within that time span and after graduating college and then coming back home to my city. Um, you know, I, I learned differently on how to become a black man. You know, I went to a, I graduated from an HBCU Lincoln University in Pennsylvania. Yes, sir. And, um... I stayed out there for about five years in um, PA, came back to Newark. I was like, I want another young black man to go through the same experience. Well, not the same experience, but getting to college, showing that I came from your neighborhood, you can do it too. Right. Um, but I think it was just a lot of learning because I was still numb to a lot of things, right? Like, right. granted, you know, I got, a, I got degrees, I got certs, I got all that stuff like that, but I didn't know what the certification of trauma was. You mm. feel me? Like, I didn't know that all like I'm in my thirties now and it's like it took me this whole time to know that I had all these traumas. Maybe yeah. I but I was ignoring all these things, right? right? But you know, it took like a past relationship. It took like people that I thought were friends to show me like, you know, I allowed a lot of things to happen. So I think within my traumas I try to do a lot of blaming on other people. Right, right. But the thing about it is to actually heal, you have to acknowledge that you allowed those things to happen. Right. Granted, right. you might not have been educated or aware or your intuition wasn't strong enough to say, okay, you're not supposed to be around these type of people or right. you're not supposed to be in this space or you need to know how to walk away from things. I didn't know how to do that. Like right, I always right, was right. like, so compassionate, right? I want to. I want. I want people to win. I want people to become families. I want. Yeah. Like it. It was hard for me, bro. So no, but I, I mean, and, and I understand that's rough. It's just because when you say that, I'm thinking of the times. Um, I, like even the other day, I spoke to a friend of mine, and she was talking about how um, 
you know, she just ended a relationship. Well, a, a, the real person she was in a relationship just ended with her. Uh-huh. And she was telling me, hey, I feel so bad because I know he was a good person, but I pushed him away and I did this and I did that. And But then, like, you gave it five minutes later, she's like, but he knew I had these uh, traumas. He knew I had these issues. He didn't push me to go to therapy. And I said to her, I said, you're not even taking responsibility for the fact that you know that you have these traumas and you have these things that you have to deal with. And now you're saying it's his fault because he didn't push you to go. But I said, if you really saw the value in him now that he's gone, you would have done the work first. Even if you're doing the work while you're in the relationship, you would have done the work while you were there. You're not waiting till it's over. Now you're saying it's his fault because until you take full responsibility Facts. for the fact, not for the traumas, but the, for the work that has to be done once you realize that they are there, you will continue the same cycle over and over and over again. And I feel like God puts you in these places where if you don't learn or if you don't learn from whatever situation you're in, then God will allow it to happen to you over and over and over. Because a lot of people cry out, you know, they look up to the skies and to the heavens and say, God, why me? When really the conversation should be, God, what do you want me to learn from this? Yeah, I think I think everybody's prayers need to be different. Like we always ask God, like, bless me with this, bless me with this, bless me with this. I want this in my life. He hears us right. and he will bless us. But the thing about it is, I think we're not asking God to prepare us for these blessings. Mm-hmm. We want the blessings, but we don't want to prepare ourselves for these blessings right. or the things that are supposed to come in my life. And just what you were saying in reference to the relationships, my past relationships made me just think about trauma bonds. Right. Like, I didn't know anything about trauma bonds until my past relationships. Mm. See, I ignored a lot of red flags just because, you know, I was blinded by love. Right. You know, I, I I was always raised like you honor the woman, you take care of the woman, you protect the woman, you keep her safe. Like anytime she's down, you pick up, ride or die, like all that narrative. Right. Right. And it was a time that my past uh, tried to commit suicide. And I never been with a woman that ever did that. And I was like, yo, you need help like that. That's that's not cool. Like, but then when. A black woman says, I want you to protect me. I don't I want you to help. A black man's not gonna tell them no, I'm not gonna protect you. Right. But then I was put in an awkward situation. Like I'm not yeah. gonna tell my I'm not gonna tell my my past relationship no. Right. You know what I'm saying? And mind you, but I still blame myself anyway right. because I wasn't I had a lot of things going on. I was always busy, I was ripping and running. I mean, you know how I was moving, I was campaigning here, doing community service here, doing nonprofits here. Right. So I was emotionally unavailable. So I didn't know how to show emotion, but I knew how to embrace emotion if somebody gave it to me. Right. But I think that was me being an empath. I was taking on so many emotions, mm. but, and I was not pouring it back into my own cup. Right. And I didn't know how to, I was always draining myself. I always heard, it's, is, is this true, that empaths usually attract narcissists? <sighs> it's a good, I'm not going to say 100%, but it's, it happens. It, it I, I when I told my it's so funny when I told my therapist like, yo, um, my past told me all these things that you know I'm I'm a, I'm a manipulator. 
I'm 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 a narcissist. I I um I I always lay dormant to a lot of things and stuff like that. But then she was like, "Well, you know, that's what usually manipulators and narcissists say because they don't check themselves." Mm. And the thing about it is, is that you know I really had to think about things that I've done. But I was like, you know what? It's not about this person right. because you know how you have those. When you're in a high, when you're in a high, you're in a high. When you're low, you're real low. There's mm-hmm. like no median. Like right. I always was the guy that liked to compromise. I, I didn't like arguments. I like healthy dialogue. Like I used to run away from arguments. Like I go in the park, probably roll up or go to the uh, right. just car. You know about that car therapy, just sitting in your car. Yeah, like, turn I, the music on. Exactly. I didn't. Sit, I, I don't think. like arguing. Like that yeah. was just never me. So it. But the thing about it is, I played my part. Right. I wasn't perfect. Like I've always felt like. I could have been there emotionally uh, and received that, but I just didn't know how. Like, I was just on a different type of platform. So right. about chasing this paper, traveling, making sure, like, I could start a family, making sure she was good and everything like that. But the thing about it is I, I never really checked myself mm. internally. And that's why I said I don't blame her. Right. Because, granted, it was some things that I ignored right. because I, I just wasn't knowledgeable in certain, like, um, um, components about like traumatic situations, trauma bonds, and stuff like that. What I was upset is what I was upset about is that I wish I would have known sooner. Like, so I would have been mindful. But you know what? It's not about shoulda, coulda, wouldas. It's like God lets you know at the right time. It wasn't my season to know. Okay, and and just to interrupt you on that. Now, talk about trauma bonds because most people don't even understand what trauma bonds are. Okay. So give me your breakdown of what a trauma bond is and what are some of the characteristics of it? Well, trauma bonds is like, at the end of the day, it's like things that people don't realize that people come together or cohabitate because like they have traumas. Like, oh, their trauma is bigger than the next trauma. And then like they, they align themselves because of like they're hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, well, this person might have, oh man, I slipped my wrist or, you know, I got jumped. Or, like, I went through so much, or I went through so much. So right. they build a relationship on trauma right. because they feel like that's, um, that's, that, that's what keeps them together because it's right. like, okay, they, they're, 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 like, it's like being in the mud with each other, being in the right. trenches right. with each other in them dark times. But I didn't really have, like, crazy trauma to talk about because, once again, I didn't know how to express my emotions. I always had a wall up. Mm-hmm. But when uh, my past was telling me about these things, it, it, it was crazy because I'm like, wow, I, like this girl needs help. Like, I, I, But the thing about it is, is that, that that makes me think, like I was always in long-term relationships, like three, half, three years here, five and a half year, mm-hmm. two and a half year. And when I found out this person has only been like, maybe like six, seven months, like here and there, I'm like, okay, wow, that's that's these are these are signs, but I ignored those signs because right. I was like, that was her past. I'm not her past. I'm her present, and now she's with a man that's going to make sure she's going to be taken care of. But I think that's the problem, right? In relationships, people be looking for their other halves. Right. You can't sit there and look for a half if you're not complete yourself. Right. So it's no fault on either party because they just didn't know that they weren't whole, right. and it takes. It's bad that it takes a negative situation to know that you need to work on yourself. Right. So 
if anybody's going through any trauma bonds or anybody's going through those relationships like, oh, I need this man to complete me or I need this woman, you don't need nobody to complete you. They need to bring value right. to you. And I think sometimes people need to step away from each other to just become whole first. And if God brings those people back in their life and they're in better spaces, then right. so be it. But sometimes y'all might just be walking in the opposite direction and that's okay. But you have to always lead with love all the time you can't wish negative or bad on anybody if you felt like you were hurt here or this person was hurt here okay but y'all didn't know how to sit there and discuss those things y'all didn't know how to compromise y'all didn't know y'all wasn't speaking the right love languages right and at that time but that's okay but that's why you grow that's why you evolve and if you're aligned with these individuals again now the dialogue is different because you're in a better space in life right. and now you're able to have different conversations but if you constantly continue to keep holding on to the past about this MF did this to me, this, that, and the third did to me, or this girl, this girl created all these traumas and stuff, then only person you're only person you're doing is blaming yourself. You're 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 gonna always remain stagnant. You're not taking no ownership for what you've done. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's what what I feel that outside of just what we was discussing about the trauma bonds. People need to start acknowledging what they did wrong and right. taking ownership for they so they can start moving accordingly in the proper healing. Right, right. Because a lot of people don't take ownership for the fact that they they end up enabling people. Yes. Like, and they stay in this place where they enable that person and they don't deal directly. You know, it's three things I tell people to focus on all the time. You know, once you're moving into whether it's business or it's a relationship or if it's, you know, friendship, you got to be able to create. What are your expectations from this friendship? What are your um, what are your boundaries? What are your non-negotiables? Because if you don't create that, if you don't set those boundaries, I mean, a lot of friendships and childhood friends, we've grown up and we've come together as children. So uh, we've come from childhood together. So it's kind of hard for us to ever even be in a space where we're um, not, you know, where we don't have these boundaries set because we came up and we we started together that way. You know what right. I mean? So now that we're in this space growing up and as adults, when we're moving into these relationships, it's so important that we, we move forward with those things because, or else we end up enabling people. You know what I mean? And I think that, you know, going into that, like, you know, just being able to deal with these specific um, topics are so important in our community because um, these things were never set and taught to us as children. You know what I mean? Like, and it's hard to say, like, I'm going to teach a 10-year-old what boundaries, expectations, and non-negotiables are, right. but the conversation can be started because it's important. Right. You know what I'm saying? I think, I think, but see, and and, and this is, and, and I, I just want to, like, get back into yoga. So it's like something that's called kids yoga, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have a certain way, like, make, like, breathe like a dragon or, like, but even though it's still helping you with your inhales and exhales, it's telling them, like, different narrations on how you control your breath, but they're just using it, like, in, like, cartoons or animals. But I'm right. like, like, I'm t I'm going to be telling 9-year-olds and 10-year-olds, I want you to know what alignment means. I want you to know what centered means. I right. want you to know what calm means. Like, they were doing teach-back. So when we going back to these schools, like, we don't have to just do, like, the whole blues clues or, like, how we were raised when we saw these, like, car like, we have the opportunity to have them read these type of books. We have the and opportunity to change the narrative. and change the narrative. So like, I guess that comes with being a great leader. So back then I wasn't a great leader. Right. I, I, I was a part of a nonprofit that I, I founded and then I had 
some great uh, chapter officers. And, you know, I was always becoming a leader because I saw how other people were doing it. So I was like, okay, I can do it like this. But sometimes when you're not adding like emotions and people understanding people's situations, Mm -hmm. like, you know, that, that, that could become a bad leader. Like it was to the point Man, I'm, like you gotta toughen that up, man. Like right. we still got, we got business we gotta take care. Of. I got three or four jobs. I gotta do this. I gotta work late. Like we all got problems, but we still gotta handle a business. So, like my emotions probably came off as like snapping or like not understanding people's problems mm. as much like that. But I was always doing, also doing check-ins. Like, yo, you good? Like, you need anything? You need money and stuff like that. But when it came down to those tough times when I was drained and I used to have meetings. Like, I didn't want to hear anything. Like, I didn't, right. like yo, I don't I don't want to have no arguments. I, like, let's just take care of business so I can go home. Like, right. like, that's it. But I had to learn how to follow again. Mm-hmm. And I had to humble myself on that because, you know, that that that, that wasn't a space. I didn't want to be that type of leader. I mm-hmm. wanted to be a leader that understand and understand. Yeah. And I think when you can sit there and give your, your team flowers, you and, and, I mean, you know, tangible, intangible, of course, and you can just say, yo, you know what? If you need to take a day, take a day. Like, you know what? We got you. We're going to take care of every, everything you need. Like, we want you in a good space. Right. Yeah, and, that, and that's real because a lot of times we don't give people that space to be able to um, to say, yo, you know, you're human. Um, I understand. Right now you can't function because you're not in a great space. Right. Like, take the time. You know, we expect people to perform, 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 perform. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's easier to say toughen up. We're all going through this thing called life. But... As you know, some we're all like we have all different biological makeups. Right. Everybody doesn't have the same biological makeup. Everybody doesn't have the same um, background settings. Same. We don't come from the same households. We don't come from. All of us are, are raised completely different. So right. sometimes everybody needs an opportunity to reset. Now, for me, now like I know recently you did a detox. Yeah. So. Um, what was the reason for your detox? And tell me what, you know what, tell me what your, de- your detox was and why you needed it. So I did, well, it was two. I did a water detox and it was uh, coincided with the intermediate detox. So um, I'm so one thing, I'm, I'm about to be 10 months vegan. So mm. I kind of changed my whole way of eating, but I just felt like I still like had a lot of toxins and stuff in my body that I need to go. So I, I saw something about water detox and how just drinking water and like it, it, it releases all like the toxins. It cleanses your body. It makes your skin clear, but it also helps you gain clarity. <laughs> and on top of that, I did something that was called an intermediate fast where, you know, you only have like an eight hour window to eat. So anytime that I was feeling like, oh, man, I need to eat, I just filled myself up with water. And I'm not going to lie, like, I did it for 30 days, and it was like, I think those last two weeks, I felt like drained. Like, I, I felt like I didn't have the, like, nutrients in my body. Like, I didn't have no protein. But intermediate fast? The water fast. Oh, the water fast. Yeah, so it was like, because, you know, you're not, you're, not, you're not eating anything. Like, you're just How drinking. How many days was this? Well, the water fast... The water fast, so I went 30 days within the um, interme- uh, the intermediate uh, fast, but the water fast, I say I did it consistently for about 15. It's because until, because I, I ain't going to lie, I slipped up. Um, one, of my, one of my peoples gave me like a lemongrass drink. So technically it wasn't water. It still has some confines. 15 days, just water. Yeah. 
Nothing else. Well, you mean fruits. Okay, cool. All right. No, no, no. no. When you say that, I'm thinking, I understand. So there's no bread, no meat, no no bread, no meat, no rice, no no type of five like no type of fiber or anything like that. Mm. Nothing. No grains. No nothing. It was like pretty much fruits. uh, A little bit vet like eating carrots and stuff like that. But it it was it it was the point I couldn't work out. Like anytime like I try to do like an exercise, I felt like no, I just need to just sit still. Like I, 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 I. but the thing about it is, I gained so much clarity yeah. in that space. It's like because it was all a mental thing. Yeah, I was just thinking to myself like, can yeah, I do everything that? No, is. I, I can't do a water fast. Yeah, right it, it's, it's. I don't need it right now. Yeah. If, I, if I did a water fast right now, I would be. I don't need thin. it. Just let's just say this is my. That was my last. <laughs> I was like, never again. Like the intermediate fast, I will do because that definitely trained me eating between like to 12 p.m. to 8 p.m., right. like that little eight-hour window. So, it, and it's plus that's good because, you know, you're not really supposed to be eating late at night anyway. Right. You know, you don't want to have all that on your digestive, uh, your digestive system while you're going to sleep and mm-hmm. stuff like that, right? So it was it was a process, bro. Like, I, I really, it, but the thing about it is, yeah, I did lose some weight, but now, like, now when I'm building my protein back, like, my strength is different. My core right. is different. Right. My mind is different. Right. You know, I'm thinking differently. My intuition is stronger. So I always say that it's good to have that detox. Um, but I also had to take a social media detox because I just needed to be away from everybody while I'm doing this. I don't need mm. so many different energies around me. I just need to be at peace. So I was traveling for about, like, three weeks. And I'm about to go travel again because I still have other things that I have to do within my, um, my detox as well. During this time, what was your relationship with God like? Oh, man. So I have these things that's called Walk With God. Mm-hmm. It was a place that I went to out west um, where there were uh, Joshua trees and mountains. Mm. And if anybody knows about the Joshua trees, you know, the Joshua trees are like all in like the Western civilization, like how the way the uh, the branches are, it's like you're reaching for the heavens for prayer. Right. And, you know, where I was at, it was like kind of like the, it felt like it was like the desert. It was no cars, no houses, no nothing. And it was just the mountains and, and the trees and dirt and right. sand. And it was, that was like the first time I think I ever heard God. Mm. Like with, cause like, you know how sometimes you have your music going, you walk in the park or you just walk and just listen to nature and stuff right. like that. But it was just silence. And it was just like God really like was talking to me right there. Mm. And it was at that very moment that I was like, you know what? I'm 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 healing properly. I, I, I am walking by faith and not by sight. I am doing um God's work. And the thing about it is I know I'm gonna make mistakes down the road, but just make sure I honor him. And those, he's like, yo, listen, just always walk my path. You already done free will. Now I want you to do my will. Mm-hmm. You already know what free will feels like. So right. now, like, if you if you trust in me. Free will versus perfect will. Correct. Yeah. So now it's just, um, I, I, God, has, God hasn't made a way out of no way for me in many tough times. And I thank him for, for guiding me the way he did because he knew that I was a work in progress. Mm-hmm. And I always was taught, even my therapist said that because she was very spiritual. Mm-hmm. She was like, if you are so many things, like if you're a narcissist, manipulate all this, then why is God constantly continue to keep blessing you? You're allowing others to predict 
who you are and not letting the higher the powers that be tell you who you are right and that's when new experiences came new found foundations came um people that actually love me and not the idea of me or love me for an agenda they start coming around right. i start building tribes like you and i align more right. and stuff like that so it's like god doesn't make mistakes he brings the right people in your life at the right time either to be a blessing or a lesson so that's what i've been learning during this journey and, and, and that's amazing because i know for a fact that once you release certain things certain things that have holds on you god will open a floodgate of blessings but we just have to trust that something bigger something better is coming you know what i mean and the the wait in between is awkward it feels like man did i make the right decision mm -hmm. but once we lean solely on god and lean into that discomfort therein lies the blessing you know what i'm saying and i think that for me when i look at like where you are and where you're going it's just important for people to see that journey mm -hmm. and where faith plays a part because it's not a perfect journey you know what i mean you're gonna fall like i mean even me i i'm this is why it's called the Uncom unconventional christian podcast because right. this is not i'm not here saying i'm perfect i'm right. not here saying um, I am better than the next person because I know in in religion, one of the biggest things about religion that ends up being an issue is because we're more focused on religion than we are on relationships. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Talk about it. And I know Talk for you, um, just even being somebody who does yoga, there's always that topic. Like how can you balance Christianity or faith with um a Buddhist religion. I'm you know so, what I mean? I'm so happy you said that. We just had a, a clubhouse uh, about yoga and spirituality last night. And it was, uh, someone asked that, like, yo, you're a Christian man, you, you, you're you Baptist. Like, how do you teach within that Hindu, like Indian culture and stuff like that? I was like, oh, that's simple. Um, I serve one master, but I study all. Like, there's no, there's no, I can worship God, but still read the Quran. Mm -hmm. Still read the enlightenments of Buddha. Still uh, read the yoga sutras, the yamas and niyamas and pranayamas and stuff like that. Right. Like I still can know about uh, ancient Egypt and the deities and stuff like that. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't change the fact that I still believe in one person and that right. is God. But that doesn't mean I can't educate myself and other. I, I compare religion also to languages. Like right. for example, say if you know somebody that's bilingual, trilingual, stuff like that, you might have somebody that can speak the Hindu uh, culture, somebody that can speak Arabic, somebody that can speak this. So just because they can speak their language, does that mean they worship that person too? Because they're actually speaking that native tongue. I think these whole religion, these religion, this religion warfare or these these boxes that we put ourselves in, it's just like, if you, you believe who you want to believe, mm -hmm. I respect you if you're always bringing me peace mm -hmm. and you're believing something that's making you a better person. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't have to, you don't have to believe in God because I believe in God. Right. If you believe in Allah, you believe in Buddha, if you believe in Hotep and things of that nature, then okay, that's kudos to you. You're just showing me another insight on how you could be a better person by believing in a higher power. That's not gonna change my belief, right. but at the end of the day, it's like, I'm cool with you becoming a better person if this person is making you that. Right. And we need to just realize that don't we, we need to stop justifying people's religions like yo let people just be and the thing about it is that's what makes the community if everybody just believed in one thing you know what i mean where's the balance where's the duality 
right. and everything like that. There's no there's no harmony within that. We, everybody's entitled and everybody's opinion matters. Mm-hmm. And you just choose you choose what you want to do with that opinion, right? Right. I guess that goes back to when you was talking about my journey because I was doing the thirty days of gratitude on top of all the fasting, right? Right. So on my page now, I talk about every what every day meant to me, and the last thing. Uh, I just posted not so long ago was called permission. Mm-hmm. Like we don't give ourselves permission to heal, to grow, to say no, having your no be as strong as your yes. Yeah. To set healthy boundaries. Yeah. Like we don't give ourselves permission. We let outside any windows and other people tell us how to live, but we don't give ourselves the permission to sit there and tell how we want to live and live on our own truth. Right. And I think we need to realize that, when you do that, that shows you're bringing your power back. You have to give yourself permission. Stop, get, stop getting permission from everybody else and start giving permission to yourself. Right, right, because that builds a lot of resentment within because I think that a lot of times we put people first, mm-hmm. whether it be in our relationships, whether it be in our businesses. We put other people first, and subliminally we're telling ourselves that we don't deserve to be um, first. Mm-hmm. We don't deserve the best, you know, like it's so important that we create that time and that um, alignment for within, you know what I'm saying? But a lot of times we're like, oh, you know, like, I mean, I know for a fact I'm a people pleaser. That's who I am. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, I've spoken to my therapist numerous times and we've had this conversation. And I think the biggest journey ends up coming out to like, how do you deal with that and how do you make sure that it doesn't cross your boundaries? So you start setting those things now in order to move forward you know what i'm saying how have you been how have you been coping with that being a people pleaser um you know what it is i just started like i what i really found out is that 97 percent of the most successful people in the world say in order for them to be so successful they have to learn how to say no to certain things the That's no true. the no is 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 the key for it you know what i mean to be able to say no it, i cringe saying no to people so now when I say no, I say it and I walk away from it real quick. I don't even like sit there and toil over it because you're no, you're saying yes to something that doesn't that doesn't um that doesn't bring you peace right. or doesn't sit well with your spirit um causes it causes this tension within. You know what I mean? And you you know all about tension cuz tension is why people do yoga is in order to release that. You know what I mean? They have to, but these you're saying yes to so many things gives puts tension in your body because your body takes count. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Very true. Very true. I think, um, oh man. So I was also a people pleaser mm -hmm. because I did not know how to say no. I felt like if I didn't support someone's event or I didn't donate to this cause or, I didn't show up for somebody's program. I felt like I was going to be looked at differently. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So anytime somebody asks me, oh, yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. Meanwhile, I'm like, yo, bro, I need to get some rest. Like, right. I got I got my own projects I got to worry about. But I know if I don't do this, like, this person is not going to like me. Or, like, I'm not going to get, um, I'm not going to get love from this organization. Or maybe I won't get a connect from this pro. So I always, like, say yes, yes, yes. But then... It was just like, you know what? After my therapist told me about that, like, yo, you got to stop always saying yes to things. You got to stop, like, putting yourself out there. Like, I think it was because I feared abandonment. Right. And, mm. you know, that that was something, you know, because I've been hurt so much, right? Right. So, like, 
the fact that I feared abandonment, I was just like, all right, well, I think coming back to Jersey after after college, you know, everybody pretty much had their their friends connects and like, you know, their college friends, their people they grew up with. Like I was jumping from circle to circle to circle. You know what I mean? Like okay. being in PA for five years, right. you know, everybody pretty much solidify who they're with. So I was able to just to jump from this circle to this circle to this circle, but I didn't have like a core circle. Right. So it was just like, all right, well, I could be friendly with them. I could be friendly with them. I could, but then we could get too friendly, right? Right. And then now, now you have to dial that back because right. now you're giving up too much of your energy. So now, since I've been saying, I no, I can't do that, and respectfully, of course, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that shouldn't make me a bad person because I said no. If you can't respect that, then that means you had an agenda this whole time. Right, right, And that's right. how I look at it. So I think you're, you're doing the work, bro. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think just as a community, as black men, it's so important that we lean into doing the work and, and just encouraging our brothers, you know what I mean? I mean, you, I feel like we're going to build some, um, some things this year to create that space and a few other guys that I work with in making sure we have these uncomfortable conversations yeah. that allow us to be able to help break these generational curses within our, our community. Um, and, and for me, this this last part of this segment of it is more like a rapid fire for you right now, right? Okay. So, um, and you can kind of like, when you think of certain words, you can just tell me what that makes you, uh, how does that make you feel? Okay. Like, so, vulnerability. It's a one word answer? No, it doesn't have to be a one word answer. Vulnerability. Being able to cry is okay. Be able to tell another brother I love you is okay. Being able to open up to another human being is okay. Being just being emo- showing emotional intelligence is okay. Being open to receive and give, you know, being open to show these emotions is okay. Right. And just being vulnerable is just living within your truth. Mm. Okay. So the next part I want to touch on is unconditional love. Mm. So you want to go, you want to go philosophy on me now? <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Unconditional love. Love that doesn't cost you anything. Love that is genuine love that is authentic right like that unconditional love is a love that you don't have to worry about someone asking for any they're doing it because they just love you right and not the idea of you or not what just what you stand they love you just for being the human being that you are right that's what i feel like unconditional love is because they put no conditions on how long they can love you or how long they can be with you. They do that because they they express that for you because that's what you gave them. Mm. That's a love language that's a lot of people haven't reached yet. Okay. Um, Jesus. <sighs> oh, man. You can't define, bro. That's a whole library, bro. Like, <laughs> Jesus... Man, he is my light. He is my salvation. Uh, not only did he die for our sins, but he uplift our spirits. Um, I, I, man. 
no weapon formed against me shall prosper because that man always protected me, even in my darkest hour, along with the Father, of course. Jesus is my rock. Mm. Jesus, and even with him being my rock, he still has me run like water. And I'm just thankful that he's always been by my side when I called him. If you died today, what do you want your legacy to be? So I always thought about that because y'all know these bodies are temporary. I want my legacy to be that with all those fails, Ty always found a way to not only put a smile on their face to inspire other people, but he, he helped me heal. He helped me become a better person. I always wanted to be that change agent for humanity. And the thing about it is I never wanted no recognition for it. I just wanted to lay the footprints down, the road less travel, so people can say there's another route. Mm. And just want these black boys and black girls to understand that I came from the same neighborhood they came from. And they too can be whatever they want to be if they decide to just choose their self first, just like I did. So the legacy would just be, just be just being an inspiration and just laying foundations for people to grow and make sure safe spaces still exist. So if that looks like a yoga studio, a meditation spot, a, a men's mentoring piece, um, just a, a brick and mortar that just has black men to go in and just, like, just like you said, just be, just to sit still, just to go pray. Like, I want those type of foundations built. Like, er, some things don't even have to be tangible, but, like, I just want my legacy just to know that Ty always led with love so he can live in peace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.